Hello and welcome to another episode of the Yang Gang Podcast. We're your hosts, Connor and Evan. With us today is Richard Porter, a founder of Veterans for Yang community page on Facebook. Richard, how are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you today, Connor? We are doing well. Thank you very much for joining us this uh, this afternoon, and thank you to our Yang Gang listeners for tuning in for another episode. Um, we are interested today in finding out a little bit more about how you, Richard, um, as a former Marine veteran, uh, came about Andrew Yang's platform and what interested you uh, to kind of get a little bit more involved with it. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate the opportunity to chat with you and your listeners. So for me, it all comes down to this, this stark realization of what's coming. And as anyone who's in the Yang gang knows, one in three American jobs are going to be automated out of existence by 2030. And Andrew Yang has a plan to deal with it. And that kind of makes him unique among the field of primary candidates in the, uh, in the contest to be the Democratic nominee. Now, I swore an oath to support and defend the Constitution for the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And the coming economic disruption to our republic is a domestic enemy of our Constitution. So I personally am defending uh, the Constitution by advocating for an Andrew Yang presidency. And I have found other veterans who are well aligned with what I see as the most major threat to our nation, to our people, to our republic, and have joined me in that effort. So we've got our, our website and we use that to uh, advocate for Andrew Yang and his policies with our voice, with our stories, and um, made ourselves some, some t-shirts and we found a way to kind of find each other and connect and, and chat about what we see as coming and, and help other people understand from our perspective why we think Andrew Yang is so important and should be listened to. Yeah. I think your background is very interesting. Um, you don't have to tell the people, I guess, where you work, but, but you work in tech. Um, you obviously have this background um, in the Marines. Does that kind of inform, do you think that kind of informs your opinions about your support for Andrew Yang? Absolutely, it does. And I've, I've spent quite a bit of time volunteering for the Yang campaign, actually. I'm one of the people that works in the texting campaigns. And from time to time, people will, um, you know, people will feel threatened and, and they'll challenge you. Um, they don't know who you are and you're just jumping into their phone as a text message. And so they'll, they'll say, oh, well, you, you probably don't know anything about the real world or you don't know anything about politics or history or you've never worked hard for anything or you don't really know about technology. So I've, I've eventually built up a pat answer that condenses down real quick my background and why I support Yang. And, and that is, I studied at University of Colorado Boulder. I got a degree in political science and history. And then I served eight years in the Marine Corps as a ground intel officer with a couple Afghan combat deployments. And then I went on to spend another two years getting an MBA at UNC Kino Flagler. And after that, then, like you said, joined a tech company, IBM, working as a product manager, automating away the need for people's labor with API security and lifecycle management. So Andrew's campaign really resonates with me as the most important thing I can be working on with my time. Now, what do you, do you find um, generally the, the veteran community? Do you, do you see that like growing in, in their interest as you are doing your work with kind of that that focus? Do you, do you see a, a, um, him being well receptive? You know, I've, I've found a lot, we've found a lot of each other um, in the Yang Gang, us hashtag Yang Gang vets. And I think part of that is just having the site as kind of a rallying point to which we can bring each other and meet each other. Um, I'm not paying as much attention to the other campaigns, but it certainly doesn't seem like 
there's as many uh, vets for Biden or vets for Bernie. I mean, they, they have Twitter accounts for those, but they don't seem to be quite as active or, or engage. Um, now, the incumbent president does have a decent amount of support among the military and, and veterans because they tend to be, uh, in general, more conservative types. So anytime you have a Republican running for president, they will often enjoy um, some level of support from, from the military and from military veterans. But of the, of the Democratic candidates, it certainly seems like Yang is among the strongest in the support from the veteran and military community from what I've observed. Well, what I think is he, his message, well, his, his whole thing is humanity first. And, you know, his tagline is it's not left, it's not right, it's forward. So it's, it's, his message is almost above politics. And I think um, we're starting to see more uh, people from the right kind of go a little bit more towards his campaign and even the people from the left um, I feel like he's one of the more centrist, more practical-minded um, candidates. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, for me, actually, I've, I've never supported a Democrat for candidate before, candidate for president before. I, I think I've supported a Republican or two. I've definitely supported a couple of libertarians. I mean, I was wearing a, a Ron Paul t-shirt to work out in Afghanistan <laughs> on one of my deployments. <laughs> so. You know, I, the, the libertarians are fond of saying you, you shouldn't view politics on a single spectrum, left and right. You should view it left, right, up, down. I think Yang's almost brought this third dimension to that graph. Um, it's not just about economic liberty and personal liberty, the way that the libertarians will look at it, but there's a third element to it. And that's whether you're going to try and go at this as individuals or whether you're going to try and go at this as a team, as a community, together or apart. And so you can have economic liberty and social liberty and approach these problems as a team. And I think that's what Yang is bringing. So he's, he's made this political spectrum something that's very hard for people to get their fingers on. Uh, if they're used to thinking left and right, it, it just blows their mind to even think in two dimensions. If they're used to thinking two dimensions, when you say, now there's a third here, and you can still have social liberty and economic liberty and work together on the most important problems, you you can see that you have to you have to help uh, meet people where they are to get to to get to start seeing it. Yeah, is there a specific element? I know you're a, you're a UBI advocate, and I want to ask about that later. But in terms of his, I guess, positions on foreign policy and what he calls the forever wars, we've seen the last two presidents, both Obama and Trump, promise to end a lot of our intervention. Do you think Andrew Yang would be different? I know it's a loaded question. It is a loaded question. And I, I, think, I think something happens to presidents as they get into office. I think they can go in with this vision that things are simpler than they are. And when they get into office, they can, they can be educated pretty quickly by people who have deep knowledge in, in how difficult national security is. And, and they find it difficult to follow through on campaign promises. If there is a candidate that could follow through on promises like this, it would probably be Andrew Yang. But... The other thing that I'll, I'll call out is Andrew has, you know, on, on his own Twitter feed said he doesn't expect everyone to agree with him all the time, and he is willing to be wrong. He's willing to have his mind changed by people with the right data and the right information. Yeah, what a radical idea. Yeah, so, <laughs> he, is, yeah, he is a data-driven president. Uh, I mean, you can hear it in his, uh, when he's doing his debates or he's doing like town hall meetings or his recent thing with uh, the climate on CNN. Uh, he's bringing real data points, unlike any other candidate. Um, right. And but what I'm I'm also interested in, um, as you, Richard, being a UBI advocate, how would something like the universal basic income, how would that help 
veterans? How could you kind of help us provide insight into that, into that world that you are a little bit more familiar with? Oh man. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for asking that question. So look, the thing about the thing that's important to keep in mind about veterans and, and even young members of the military is, you know, there are positions, there are ranks that are paid well, that are well compensated, but there are also positions that are not. And just the the pure pay raise that everybody would be experiencing, including those junior members of the military, could be really powerful. Um, and then as you think about a transition from the military into, into civilian life, having a guaranteed minimum income, having the freedom dividend as a universal basic income would allow all of our veterans as they transition to really take advantage of the educational opportunities that are out there, to um, take the time to do a proper job search, to have this foundation on which they can build their future success, just like all of us can. But the unique difference being that there's this transition point that veterans experience that many other people don't, where they go from being highly competent and capable and exactly knowing what they need to get done to learning a whole new set of skills and, and how to deal with their life and having this foundation under them as they do so could be really powerful. Yeah. What are some of the biggest problems that you see veterans facing right now that aren't being addressed? Wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a powerful question. So Andrew wrote an entire blog about this. And one of the things we've done with our veterans for Yang pages, um, we've read it. So I, I recorded a reading of that blog and of all of his policies. And I think he's got his finger on the pulse of a lot of really big problems. And I'll just call out a couple of the biggest ones. You know, some people are aware of the statistics, some people are not, but upwards of 20 veterans a day commit suicide. And that's a lot of people killing themselves. That's a lot of people with a lot to give to their communities, to their families, yeah. to all of us. Mm -hmm. And when they kill themselves, that's a huge loss. If you try to put an, a dollar figure on it, it'd be enormous, but it's, it's a lot of lives that are just going away. And um, that includes veterans from my generation, post 9-11, but it also includes veterans from earlier generations who are aging into, um, into uncomfortable lives where um, they have to live off of whatever savings or social security they may have and, and face all kinds of health challenges. So there's, that's the biggest one that I think um, could be powerfully addressed. There's a couple others with um, veterans health in general and um, with getting every vet under a roof. Homelessness is something experienced at a higher statistical rate among veterans than non-veterans. Um, and Andrew's got really interesting policies to take on each of those issues. Um, and, and that's yet another reason that I think that it's really important to consider him as the person putting forward the best solutions to the problems we face these days. That's so interesting to me in terms of that, that veteran that, that I didn't, I never heard that stat before that homelessness amongst veterans is actually higher than the general population. Um, do you have any ideas, I guess, why that would be? Is it all, is it a lot of mental health issues? Well, it can be. Um, so Andrew does a good job separating this in his policy between situational and chronic homelessness. And chronic homelessness tends to have to do with mental health issues or health issues which prevent stable employment or um, other, other ways that you can earn the money that it takes to have a home. And then situational unemployment can just be kind of interruptions, living out of your car while you're trying to get a new job as you separate from the military or you're on a job hunt in a new city and you don't have the money to, to live in a hotel or an apartment during that time. You don't have a friend in the neighborhood. Um, 
So situational homelessness can be that that sort of thing that the freedom dividend would really help cut down on by giving that that foundation on which people could build their new lives. Um, it's not that it wouldn't help the chronic also, but the chronic homelessness could be even better helped by um, the Medicare for all and for and by the um, the veterans health specific initiatives that Andrew's proposing to to help reduce those causes of the chronic homelessness. So he's really addressing the the root the root causes. And I think he's doing that with a number of his policy proposals where he's really addressing um, the deeper, the deeper issues um, and not really just trying to put a bandaid on them. He's trying to uh, root them out and, and actually solve them. Um, yes. uh, I know he has a number of policies on his website, especially we see things like veteran employment and businesses where he wants to um, make sure that the federal government can provide resources to help veteran run businesses um, to kind of help with initial investments and low financing options and um, also to aid in the hiring of veterans as well, I guess. Uh, and maybe you can uh, enlighten the audience a little bit more about this, about how there's this um, this belief of, of this uh, the stigma of hiring veterans um, or um, what does he say on his website? They're looking for reasons to say no and rule you out because they think, quote, you're damaged goods. Yeah. Yeah, that's so. Um, I'll say this. I'll say that you know there are a lot of veterans, um, and so there's going to be a wide variety of experiences, and there are a lot of companies that do a lot of good work trying to hire veterans. Um, I will say that there is a common disconnect between people who who have served in the military and people who have not, in that the burden really falls on the veteran to be able to translate how their experience is relevant because most hiring managers and recruiters don't um, surprisingly, even though they're the ones who end up doing the hiring a lot more, don't invest the time to learn what transferable skills are universal among veterans and uh, spoiler alert, it's leadership. Um, and it's, it's kind of always there in the most junior of military members. If you've done uh, a four year hitch and you've gotten out, you've been a leader because by the time you're hitting your third, fourth year, you are leading more junior members, no matter what. So there's, hmm. there's this miss on that. And there's an expectation that all you know is how to work a gun or how to uh, clean things up or hike around or something like that. But we we all have an awareness of how to work on a team and how to lead and motivate at least a small team, if not a larger one. You know, one funny anecdote. It's a <laughs> I can't, still can't get over this. Uh, I work I worked with uh, a fellow veteran in, in product management. This guy was an air maintenance officer in the Air Force, meaning he was in charge of all the people who did the maintenance on the aircraft, and those are actually large elements. Lots of airmen work on it. And uh, the largest number of people he'd had positional authority writing the reports on was 250 people. And nobody in our, in our product management management group knew this. Like, hmm. nobody knew. Wow. And, wow. and when he kept putting his hand up and saying, hey, I'd like to take on more of a leadership role, people kept saying, well, something you're going to learn about leadership is, something you're going to learn about leadership <laughs> is, this, this, this dude has led more people than our VP has. That's a very interesting point that you that you make, though, Richard, about how uh, the veterans are more than just guys who can shoot a gun or you know drive a drive a tank or 
something like that, but it's like um, I see on your page, uh, strategic thinking, um, leadership, problem solving, uh, and uh, and discipline. Well, mm-hmm. discipline with with the work, and I think that's a very important message to kind of harp on. Um, and I think with Andrew Yang's dedication to the veterans, I think he can uh, can bring that a little bit more to the forefront. Yeah, I hope so. I think one of the things that I, I, I anticipate out of Andrew Yang and, and looking at, you know, as of 8 September, he has seven specific policies associated to directly to veterans. And that's not talking about foreign policy. It's not talking about current military. That's just talking about veterans. But there's another one that's here um, that isn't explicit yet. And that is in his work with Venture for America, Andrew strikes me as the kind of person who's really going to help other people see the potential in others and help um, help identify and find the fact that there is this communication gap and that there's a great market potential that can be bridged here that can benefit everybody. It can benefit the private sector. It can benefit the veterans. Heck, it can benefit the uh, the Department of Veterans Affairs in, in making these connections and making it so that more and more veterans, rather than needing the services of the VA, can more rapidly onboard and um, and become highly productive members of whatever teams they join. So I, I have this um, I have this hope and this and this vision that beyond even these specified policies, Andrew, as a problem solver and as a connector and as someone who's been able to see the potential in others, is going to help um, help industry see the potential in, in my fellow veterans. I really think that will happen. Yeah. Can I ask a question? What what would you do with an extra thousand dollars a month? How, you specifically? <laughs> Me specifically. I love the question. So, um, <laughs> part of part of getting the MBA was taking on a little bit of student debt. So there's there's an attraction to being able to pay that down a little bit faster than I can on my salary now. I mean, I can cover it, but I could take that thousand. I could invest it towards that. But you know, I think I might I might have to splurge. And, and get a new Tesla Model 3 <laughs> so that my commute becomes zero impact on climate. You no, know, that's it's really for the climate. That's why I want this Tesla Model 3. It's for the climate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. a good that's a good answer. <laughs> I'm still I'm still not sure what I want to do with my thousand dollars when I when I uh, start receiving it. <laughs> sure, it has something to do with uh, just taking care of the basics. Yep. Yep. Got it. Cover those basics. And after that, the Model 3. I mean, if you got the basics covered, I'd like to submit that as an option. We can, we can all do that to save the world. Exactly. Um, now, what um, what else are you doing with the Veterans for Yang community? What else um, can we, uh, what else maybe that you haven't gotten a chance to touch on yet? Is there any events you're planning? Um, do you, is it just more of like a forum where you guys are just kind of, uh, going back and forth communicating about what's going on? Um, yeah, good question. Appreciate you asking mm-hmm. it. So the, the very first thing was t-shirts, like me and another vet were like, yeah, we want veterans for Yang t-shirts. They don't exist. Let's make them. So we've got those, any veterans, uh, that support Yang that'd like to, to buy a t-shirt. We'd, we'd be happy to, uh, to do that. We're, Anything that goes beyond our costs, all we're doing with that money is is making sure other veterans get these T-shirts. That's all it does. Um, the second thing we're doing is we are, along with this website and Slack channel that we've got stood up, we're working to um, as many veterans together as we can and crowdsource 
both ideas for policies and feedback on policies to try and submit that to the Yang campaign and, and try and help make those already strong policies even stronger and more robust. We have a diversity of experience and, and I think we can offer some unique value with that. And then the third thing we're doing is you asked about events and we're working on organizing some, some in-person events. So one of our members is going to be wrapping her uh, Jeep in big old Yang decals and she's going to be driving around Iowa from, nice. from one Yang gang to another driving the Yang mobile. So she's doing that um, coming up in a couple weeks. So we're supporting these little deployments of veterans that are willing to go out and spend some other time um, living on the trucks or camping like they used to do. And, and uh, those of us that can't can't do that are helping to coordinate it in the in the Slack channel and with logistical support. So we're we're we got some other ideas cooking. And if anybody who's listening happens to be a veteran or know veterans that support Yang, please do send them to veteransforyang.com and uh, check out the site. Get in touch with us. We'll get you into the Slack group. And uh, we'd love love to hear any other ideas folks have for how we can help the campaign, help educate our fellow citizens. That's awesome. Now, I think one of our final questions, Evan, if uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, is what other policies, maybe beyond just uh, the veteran, the ones geared towards veterans, what other policies and the universal basic income that uh, you're particularly interested in or what may you might consider your favorite? Yeah, well, um, if we take away those ones, which I'm happy to do because there's <laughs> so many good ones, there's over a hundred and then my time text me for Yang. I spent a lot of time getting familiar with them. So nice. Um, let's take those ones off the table. My next favorite is democracy dollars because of its potential to just come in and wash out all that lobbyist money that has taken our Republic hostage. You know, our founders didn't anticipate, they didn't anticipate an aristocracy of, extremely moneyed interests coming in and controlling the political conversation. That was, <laughs> that was something that, that um, was not intended. That is in, unless they meant for a landed aristocracy to do it. But I, I, I'd like to believe that our, that our founders had a more noble aspiration that we would have, you know, one citizen, one vote, and that we wouldn't have this, this world we have now where, where corporate interests are able to really drive the conversation and democracy dollars, the policy to do that would wash all that influence away immediately without having to pass any new laws just by putting the power back in the hands of the people to advocate for the ideas and the people that they want to elect to represent them. Right. I well, do think great... it's, it's so interesting because I think our founding fathers originally thought I read a quote somewhere where they said two political parties would be not would be bad for the society. Um, basically, having like mm-hmm. having the system that we have now, lifetime politicians would be bad. But that's exactly what we have. We have both of those things. And so, for me, I think it's interesting because I think Trump honestly kind of opened up the door for for better or worse for people who are not politicians to actually run and have a chance. And so in that sense, it's interesting that someone like Andrew really can have a voice now and can have a platform to speak on issues. Well, in a weird way, Trump is almost a wake-up call to this country um, to kind of, I know for me personally, I was never very active in politics. I say this a lot on the podcast until I heard Andrew Yang uh, explain his platform. And it, for me, I know that was a wake up call. Like I, I felt compelled to act and, um, I've been happy doing it ever since. And, and, uh, I don't know, have you felt that way as well, Richard? Absolutely. Like, um, I've, I've felt called to support and defend our constitution before. And and in the first place that meant joining the Marine Corps. 
And then I felt I felt the stirring again in the candidacy of Ron Paul because I saw him as standing up to a lot of those same corporate moneyed interests and um, and perversions of our republic. And um, so I I donated to his campaign. I wore his shirts. Couldn't volunteer very well because I was in Afghanistan. But this is this is the third time I've kind of felt that I've felt this this man has a good plan. This man has a good mission and. I can't wait to do what I can to help to help it succeed. Wow. Well, we, uh, we thank you very much for your uh, for your efforts and um, kind of getting the message out. I know there's a lot of us in the Yang Gang doing so. Uh, we appreciate that you're doing it from the uh, the veterans angle, uh, and we of course thank you for your service. Um, but I do believe we're just about out of time, Evan. Is that? Yeah, Richard, did you have anything correct? else that you wanted to, any, anything else you wanted to plug? I know you talked about you had some events, but anything else? No, I just want to say thank you to you too as well uh, for, for doing this Yang Gang podcast. I really appreciate it. And I, I will plug finally to, to ask if any of the listeners are veterans themselves or have veterans that they care about that support Andrew Yang to check out um, veteransforyang.com. Come and check it out and uh, join us. You know, get on into our Slack and, and uh, let's work together to make this happen. Humanity first and uh, not left, not right, it's forward. Well, we, we don't even need to say better. That's usually how we, we don't even <laughs> need to say it anymore. We, that's how we wrap our podcasts up. But uh, Richard, that was Richard Porter, everyone, uh, former Marine veteran and founder of Veterans for Yang, a community page on Facebook. Look him up. Uh, and, and yes, thank you again very much for your time. And uh, we hope to hear from you soon. Thanks, gentlemen. All right, man. All righty. Well, you take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.